No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house on this absolutely beautiful Saturday. It is uh, perfect weather outside to be working outside for some of us crazy people. I was just mentioning to uh, my engineer that uh, I have started to put my Christmas decorations up, and I know that's a little early for some people, but you know, it takes me a little while to get all my outdoor decorations up, so it's time to start getting them down and getting them prepared. So it's uh, getting close to that end of the year, and what do we have to do by the time the end of the year? We need to be making sure that we have looked at our 2023, evaluated, should we, do we need to buy something if that would help save tax dollars if you're a business owner? Keep in mind, I am a firm believer that we don't just go spend $50,000 on a truck so that I can save 20% of that in tax dollars. That doesn't really make sense, people. You know, you go spend $50,000, 20% of that is what? 10, 20, $10,000, something like that in cash. So, you know, I'm still out $40,000. Now, if I need that truck, if my truck is breaking down and you need a vehicle to use for work and that vehicle is essential and, you know, if you're breaking down, you're losing money, then yes, absolutely. Go spend the money. We can do an accelerated depreciation if it's a larger truck over 6,000 pound tow rate, or if it's a smaller one, we can do spread depreciation or actual depreciation. Um, either way, that is a good investment. Same thing with equipment. Um, if, you, if you're looking and you're saying, hey, you know what? I really need to upgrade the computer system. You know, it's slowing down. We need a new server. We need some new things. And if it's something that's going to benefit the company, then yes, absolutely do that. Save the tax dollars because you need to do it anyways. And if you can do it before the end of the year, and keep in mind, the equipment has to be in use. So you can't just go on the last day of the, the year, go buy a bunch of stuff and have the boxes still sitting in the office. Tax law says it has to be in operations to deduct it. So if you have something like that that you need to do, then that's great. Individuals, um, I know a lot of times people are often asking, well, if I have a lot of medical, you know, is this the year I can itemize? You know, it's it's tricky nowadays to itemize because of the higher standard deduction. But again, if your medical bills have been outrageous, it might be time to pay off a lot more of them to get you over that threshold, especially if you have mortgage interest and property taxes and sales tax, then you might be able to kick over that threshold to do it. But it may be also the same year that you pay your your uh, property taxes twice to get you even higher. Now, keep in mind, we refer to it as the SALT tax, the state income uh, property tax um, and personality tax section of the Schedule A, um, that one, you can only have $10,000. So there used to be, for a long time, guys, we used to do every other year, I would pay my property taxes twice. I would maximize all of my charity every other year so that once a year, one year I would not itemize, the next year I would, and I'd be able to really maximize that. 
um, it really doesn't work as well because my property taxes, I lose money if I pay them twice in one year. I don't get to deduct 100% of them. And um, and so it's it's just harder to to do the the itemizing the way we have in the past. But there are times when you have a large amount of purchases because you've refurnished the house and you paid sales tax on a lot of things. Um, maybe that year is again, the year that you actually double pay your property taxes if they're only three or 4,000. And then that way you maximize that area of the code up to 10,000. Then you have your mortgage interest. Hopefully that's high enough where between that and your charity. And again, no one says that you have to pay all your charity in one year or not. So if you're going to be maximizing, let's say you don't normally itemize, but if you had another $5,000, you could itemize, then maybe maximizing your uh, property taxes twice and paying your charitable deductions in advance, some people would call it, but paying it in more then that way you can actually really maximize because the standard deduction is that just that. If you can't itemize, then let's take the standard deduction. It's higher than what you've paid out of pocket. Therefore, it's a good thing. But you know, you, you really need to evaluate what your taxes look like. And now's a great time. It's quieter. So if you've got questions, maybe you've had a situation where you've uh, inherited, that's usually a big area where people aren't actually positive. Should they or do they have to pay taxes? If if I inherit, will it make my social security taxable? Um, you know, if I inherit, but I inherited a few years ago and now I'm selling the property, what kind of capital gains would I be looking at? Um, of course, we now have the 401ks or the IRAs. If someone passed away, we have basically 10 years to take out um, that money, which it used to just be an RMD for the rest of your life. It now has limitations. When should you do that? Do you wait till the end and take out a huge lump or should you be taking out um, a larger amounts? And it's different for everyone, but that's the plan that needs to be put together, right? You need to have that plan. So if you don't know, if you've got some questions, you can join the show today, 615-737-9986-615-737-9986 is the phone number. Also want to remind anyone that is in Medicare that we're still in that time where you can turn around. I know you probably couldn't forget it because of the fact that you have so many people uh, advertising out there and it's it's almost overwhelming. It's almost like tax time when people are telling you so many different things. I had someone that called me the other day because they saw something on Medicare and they thought they were that people were going to get an extra payment. And so they were so confused about what, you know, is there an extra payment um, and, and all that. And, and just so you know, any of you that may have seen or got that advertisement that there was an extra payment in September and then no one got their social security in October. It's because of the dates when they change something. So September people got two payments, October, they didn't get any. And then back in November, they'll be at their usual. Uh, and I believe this was for disability, not normal social security. So there was a lot of uh, chit chat and uh, many, many phone calls that came through our office because people were thinking they either were entitled to an extra payment or that they didn't get it. And therefore they wanted to make sure that they were going to get it. There was no extra payment. I just want to put that out there. There was no extra payment. It really was just a matter that, you know, everything was uh, you know, just the timing where September ended up with two payments, October, nothing back on track in November. Um, if you're not sure if you receive those payments, you'll need to check in and contact Social Security. Um, it's not really a tax issue, but brought it up because we ended up with a lot of phone calls the last couple uh, weeks on that one. And I just wanted to 
make sure everybody was back on track because you'll be getting your normal check this this week uh, for for disability. So if you want to join the show, you can 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. I will also say that if you've had something unusual happen this year, and maybe you're going to owe more in taxes, um, tax law says we have to pay 110% of the year before. So if you look in your tax return and it says you owe, I don't know, let's just say $20,000, that was your total taxes. Um, and this year you think you're going to owe more, then you want to make sure you have at least paid in that 110%. I'm not a huge fan of telling people just because we know you're going to owe 50000 more that you need to rush and pay that out. But we don't want to have the the penalty for failure to pay proper estimates or failure to pay um, estimated payments at all. You know, they love to, to do those. And so I would, I would suggest, especially by January 15th, even if you're going to file before the April 15th deadline to make an estimated payment, make sure that, that you have at least 110 in by that time. So that way it will, if nothing else, slow down or even stop any penalties that might've existed at that time. All right, let's hit Rich in Brentwood real quick. We got Rich in Brentwood. Maybe. Yes, we do. There we go. Hey, Rich. Hey, Dr. Friday, how you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for calling. What can I do for you? Yeah, I just uh, received uh, two BDAs this year. Uh, one is a regular, I guess, IRA rollover. And the other one, uh-huh. is, a BDA, the other one is a Roth. And the Roth BDA was not held for five years. So I wondered if that has anything to do with my withdrawal um, rate. And um, I just want to know, when do I have to withdraw? Um, from the BDAs. So um, the BDA is uh, some, you know, inherited when Correct. you refer to them as a, okay, that's how I wasn't too. Um, okay. So um, the the Roth, obviously it won't make a difference. If it was held for five years or not because you inherited that Roth. So okay. you inherited it as a tax-free fund. Okay, great. So you can take that out anytime you want. Um, the IRA 401k situation, or was this a IRA? It was a standard account IRA. Correct. So that one, um, you'll have to take out the required minimum distribution minimum. Uh, but obviously you might want, you have 10 years rich to empty it. Um, I don't know how much is in it and it may be beneficial to, to convert so much of it and take some of the money out of the Roth to pay the tax. So it doesn't necessarily affect you, but that way it's rolling over, um, you know, cause taxes could go up in 2025 and therefore you could end up paying more. So you want to probably sit down with a financial person or a tax person and figure out how much is in there and what's the best way to get it out at the lowest tax rate available. Okay. Um, getting back to the Roth BDA. Now, do uh-huh. I have to- at the end of the 10 years, do I have to clear that account out or can I just leave that in there? No, they're making you clear out all of them is my understanding. So you will have to take it out. And then, you, you know, unfortunately, because it stops it from growing tax free, right? I mean, so right. that one, I would personally probably wait to the last day to take it out if I don't have to. So that way, uh, I'm not sure. I don't believe an RMD is required as long as it's all out by the end of the 10 years. So I would just wait till that last few days and then take it out. There's no, you know, there's nothing, let let it grow tax-free as long as you can. 
that that was my plan, but I just wanted to check with you to make sure. And um, that that's great. You helped me out a lot, and I, I appreciate it. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate you, Rich. Thanks for calling. Yeah, All right, day, really Dr. quick. Let's go on to Ron in Manchester before we take our break. Hey, Ron, what can I do for you? Uh, I, I, I see a train wreck coming with this $7,500 clean car credit. Uh, uh-huh. Would you like to, uh, I don't know whether the dealer does that or whether there's a voucher that the taxpayer gets it on his return or, or what. Can right. you comment on that, please? And I'll hang up. Yes. Okay, no problem. It is a uh, clean car credit. It's a lot like the energy efficient credit uh, that we get for electric cars. Um, And it's a credit, it's non-refundable. So um, you're not going to get it as a refund, but it will offset your income tax. So um, it will apply to open taxes, but it is uh, going to be one of those situations where you're going to file, you'll have to have the FIN number of the vehicle, make and model, And then you'll be able to put that on your tax return. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll take to more of your phone calls. You can reach us here in the studio at 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. All righty. We are back here live in studio. And if you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, taking your calls. Want to cover a little bit about communication with the IRS, what we're experiencing, um, and the pros and cons. Obviously, there's, there's good and bad, but we have found that we are getting a faster response than what we had two, three years ago, especially over the the COVID period where IRS was practically shut down. Um, Nowadays, I I mean, I I do want to give a big hands up to the tax advocate office. They seriously have um, helped our office at least many, many times. And I've referred um, a number of people to them to get their resolution. And uh, they've always done a great job. So it is, um, for for you that don't know what I'm talking about, tax resolution, uh, the tax advocate office is a office that works with the IRS, but they actually work for the taxpayer. So if you're looking to get some sort of resolution, let's say you've been working on something. I've got a case here from 2019. We've been doing some, you know, we drove back and forth with the IRS, keep saying, keep sending, nothing's happened. We've sent amended, we've sent corrected, no responses. We don't know why they're not responding. Um, it just seems like we keep falling through, but yet the, the love letters or the collection letters are coming nicely every year, telling them they're still about do, et cetera, et cetera. So what you do is you file what's called a 911 with the tax advocate office, and then you tell them what you've done, all the process and everything. You copy them on all your communication. And then you, uh, and then in the same form, you actually tell them what would you like the, um, the resolution person to do for you? What do you expect their uh, help to do? And then give them the outline of what you're trying to achieve. Maybe it's them to correct or to accept or to make some sort of adjustment or even just get basic communication that everything's been resolved, whatever it might be, um, we have, you know, that kind of situation. And then, and then you can fax this to them. And usually within about 30 days, you'll hear from them and then they'll assign you a human, um, that are great. I mean, they, they are communicative. They'll tell you, Hey, I'm going to get back with you in 20 days. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'll get back with you in 35 days, whatever. Um, and, and they've got this process. So, um, you know, if, if you're looking to, to do something and 
you've been dealing with the IRS and you don't want to hand, I mean, obviously that's what we do, but there's also times, you know, where you've been doing it yourself. You've been trying to figure it out. You've been handling the situation, but you're just not getting any kind of serious resolution. Now, this isn't for one where the IRS has wrote back and said they do not accept your amended return because that's that's a whole different conversation. This is for one of those that, you know, you keep sending in communication, you're asking for this or that, maybe it's a penalty waiver. Um, and you've been asking for it three times and you're not receiving anything saying that they've rejected it, but you know, you, you they're still trying to collect on it. Those are the kinds of things that the tax advocate office, um, are, are really good at. So, you know, if there's lack of communication, there is a, a another date. But I will also say that the phone number, if you call nowadays, you're not waiting four or five hours. I will say it's not it's not back like it was in 2018, where probably an hour or two on the phone, you actually had resolution. But we are getting humans uh, on the phone in, in a, an hour or two of waiting. So it's it's definitely improved. So anyway, so if you're having a tax issue, maybe you're getting love letters. As an enrolled agent, that's what I deal with, guys. I'm licensed by the Internal Revenue Service. Now, let me clarify. Licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do representation. I do not work for the Internal Revenue Service. Never have. Don't ever expect to, but uh, but I am licensed by them to help individuals to get representation because just like if you're going to go to court or if you're um, going to get your car fixed, you want someone that knows what they're doing because it's impossible for us to know everything. I mean, you could do the research and you can probably represent yourself, but um, never, never would suggest that if it's a big enough case where it could cost you a lot of money better to have somebody that has the education. But if you're dealing with love letters or maybe you just haven't filed, you know, I mean, life happens, especially the last four or five years, it's been pretty unique. So if you haven't filed those last couple of years, two things are going to happen. At least one very important thing. If you didn't file 16 or 17, 18, and then they started giving out stimulus money in 20 and 21, 20 will be coming off. So you will not be able to get your refund from 2020 after April of this next year, unless you filed an extension, but let's just call it simple. So if you haven't filed your 2020 return, then you, even if you're entitled to a refund after April of 2024, you will not be able to get that refund. The law says that you can only get refunds for three years. So if you didn't get the stimulus money, if you didn't get anything because you didn't file, the IRS is kind of saying, hey, you had three years to file. If you didn't do it, well, tough luck. So that is very important. And the same thing for 2021. 20 and 21 had free money out there where people were getting, at least if your income was low enough where you qualify for those, or if you had children or whatever, you may want to find out if you're leaving anything on the table. It's very important. All right. So if you want to join the show, if you've got questions of possibly, you know, again, inheritance is probably one of the big ones, but maybe you've sold a piece of real estate. Um, you know, uh, and, and in some cases I've, I've had many, uh, situations this last week where somebody was on disability and then they ended up inheriting something, um, that is income producing, which can really mess up, um, your disability situation. So you need to consider talking to an attorney or someone because there are, um, disability trust and things that can be put aside to help that kind of individual. But again, for tax code, if you, if you have earnings, if my understanding is if you're on disability, it's a lot like early social security, there's a limit. I don't know what the limit is, but there's a limit to how much you can really earn 
or you end up losing some of your disability uh, payments. So again, you might want to talk to a disability specialist, especially if you've inherited. I had a situation where uh, her husband passed away. She inherited a business and uh, now that business is generating income that she she never filed. The husband filed under his own name, never came out. Now this is going to have a big effect on her personal um, life because of the, the disability and all that. So you need to seriously, if something like that, or even if you're a person that, you know, if something happens to you, what you could do to probably preempt some of this problem instead of letting it slide. And then, you know, in this case, this could have been put in trust. It could have been put in a corporation. There was ways of possibly protecting his wife better um, so that there wasn't such an income situation that now is going to possibly have her losing her disability um, and having to rely solely on the business uh, to do to do what she needs. So again, there are you need to sit down with experts, be that an attorney, financial planner, a tax person, and make sure all of your little ducks are in a row. And if you've got questions, you can certainly join us here in the studio right now at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We're taking your calls live, or you can call our office. I'll give that number out a little bit. And then you can you know set up an appointment and see what you want to do. Any of my current tax clients, the calendar is on the website. So if you'd like to set up a tax appointment for 2023 tax preparation for 2024, it is there. So go ahead and get yourself an appointment booked. So you know how fast those things fill up. So I want to make sure all you guys are, are taken care of. Um, other things you want to think about, again, we're getting towards the end of the year. So putting together your little checkoff list, right? I mean, where did you work? Do you have a lot of times if you have multiple jobs, don't forget to make sure you get all your W-2s, especially if you've relocated. Um, you might want to contact your old employer and ask them to update your address or your email address if you've changed it, because most people nowadays are downloading their, their W-2s via internet. But you know, it's your responsibility. Employer does not have to change or do anything unless you've contacted them. And then they theoretically could cause you, uh, you know, send you a, a bill because you didn't update that and then bill you for getting a W-2. So that's kind of silly. So if you've relocated, contact your old employers, making sure they have the information or at least a good email address so that they can forward you your W-2. Same thing with, um, you know, 1099 R's, 1099s. If you worked for somebody and you were um, a subcontractor, it's, you know, they could 1099. And if you don't have it, it's not, you know, it's not their fault because you did not update your W9 with them. So now's the time, guys, right now, because come late December, a lot of people are putting together that information so they can kick them out come the first week of January. So you need to contact them now, put a little thought to who did I see? Who did I work with? Did I do some subcontract work? You know, W9s, W4s, update them with old employers or even current employers. If, you know, if you've relocated and you haven't let anyone know, now's the time to update that because you really do not want to have to go chasing, waiting to file. I have one person, we still are missing something and we're late. So we filed the return. We know it's probably going to get bounced back because of the fact, but we filed it to the best of our ability by the October 15th deadline. 
Still haven't gotten that W-2, and uh, we're just waiting for that to update the system. All right, we're going to take our second break. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986. I'm Dr. Friday, an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. That's what I pretty much do all the time. So if you have tax issues, tax questions, Maybe you're trying to figure out is an offer and compromise. I've been making a payment plan for 10 years. I'm not getting ahead. What options do I have? Can the IRS keep collecting? You can join the show and ask that question. 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. All righty. We are back here live in studio taking your calls at 615-737-9986. And we're going to go to Steve in Hendersonville, who is nice enough to wait through the break. Hey, Steve. Hey, Dr. Friday. I just had a question on inheritance. Yes, sir. I was uh, wondering how inheritance affects your uh, uh, either gross income or adjusted gross and taxes there and how it may affect uh, your Medicare payment because that goes up if you make, you know, so much money every year or something. No, yeah, that's uh, I wondered that's if it, a great if, question. Does it change that affect any of that? Well, some can. When we are talking about like inherited IRAs, like the first caller called in, he, when he takes money out, it's going to change his adjusted gross income, which then could theoretically affect Medicare if he was in retirement. Because Medicare, I believe it's ninety thousand, roughly ninety thousand for a single person, one hundred and eighty for a married couple. Anything above that starts going up pretty drastically, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so it it could. So it's one of those things you do want to make sure if you're if if an inheritance is going to come in that's taxable. Now sometimes you inherit someone's house, you inherit uh, stocks. A lot of those are step up in basis, so therefore there's really no taxable gains, but um, retirement accounts, annuities, uh, many times those can affect your um, AGI, which then could affect your income bracket as well as your Medicare. Okay. Yeah, there is a house and there is a house and, and only one part of it has any taxable amounts left on a a gain for, uh, for that uh, account. So there's uh-huh. very little bit that's not that has taxes left owed on it. Right. But I didn't know what amount but, inheritance went up to before it was taxed and how it affected your Medicare payments because I am paying Medicare. Right. And so the answer is, I mean, any of it could, but it's basically as long as your AGI, if you're single, stays under 90 or you're married, stays under 180, then you won't be affected really. Okay. But if it's, uh, and if it's a house you inherited and, within the last year, it's probably not went up much. So you would sell it for pretty much what you inherited that. So it'd be a zero tax. And the same thing with stocks. Uh, if anything, they've went down if you've inherited them in the last year, possibly. Um, so, you know, those may not have, even if, even if you sell them and make money, it may not actually be a taxable event. Okay. okay. All right. Well, thank you. It will go above the 190. So, uh Yeah. It so and then uh, for a year your Medicare will be will be higher based on whatever that new number is. Okay. And then they'll drop it back down All the right. next year when you file. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I knew. All righty. Thank you. 
Hey, appreciate the phone call. Thanks. Let's go to David in Brentwood. Hey, David. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my question deals with, uh, do you do uh, uh, gift tax returns for a generation skipping uh, uh, issue? Uh, uh, I'm 77 and I wouldn't give some money to somebody who's a, more than 37 years younger than me. And, and I'll, I haven't done anything yet, but I, I wanted to have my ducks in a row before I did anything, and, and, and that includes having the tax person lined up. Sure. Um, and, yeah, yes, we do quite a bit of that, especially right now where the um, gift, lifetime gift is $11 million or thereabouts. might be a little over that. But yeah. um, so you can give 17000 without filing any kind of gift tax return anything above 17, I mean, theoretically, you can give them $200,000. There'll be no tax to the person receiving. The person giving, yeah. if that money comes from an IRA or something, you know, it's not just sitting in the bank and you've already paid tax on it, then you will be taxed. But most of the time, most of the gift tax returns I do is people have already got the money sitting in the bank and now they're wanting to gift it to a child, a grandchild, a friend. Yeah. Um, and so in well, those well, cases- you can do that. Well, my, mine's in, it would be uh, in a taxable account, in, in a brokerage account. And I, I would, it would be in the low seven figures, but uh, 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 I, I just didn't want to get stuck with having to pay a 40% penalty on that. Right. And so well, I, I, you won't, I, you, I, you're I, good on that, but you will want to make sure when you, when you, if it's in a brokerage account, obviously, are you gifting the stock or are you going to gift the uh, are you I'm going to cash it out and get stock cash? And, and, and I, I realize they're missing out on the wind uh, up when I die, but maybe they won't be so keen to sell it uh, if uh, if they're going to get whacked with a nice big tax bill. You know, I mean, that's a unique approach, but I will say that it, it's not something I haven't heard before, David. So I would say, you know, obviously. From the tax standpoint, it's always better to inherit it because that way they get the step up in basis. But I totally hear what you're saying, that you'll give it, gift it to them now at your basis and they may think twice about selling because then they will have to pay the capital gains later and maybe they'll they'll sit and let it ride for a while instead of just immediately spending yeah. it. You know, yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of a, a soft way of, uh, of uh, shall we say, uh, keeping, a, keeping them from being total spendthrifts. Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll be curious to see how that works out for us, David. I can't say okay. I haven't heard it. I just don't know. I have seen people do some pretty silly things with inheritance, and uh, I've seen people be extremely responsible. So hopefully this person well, will, will do what you need. Should I make an appointment? and Because and, 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 I want to know exactly what pieces of paper you folks need. Absolutely. You can give my office a call. If you've got a pin there, David, I can give you a direct line to our office. Yeah. It is uh, 615-367-0819. 615-367-0819. And we'll say it again uh, if you keep listening. But uh, David, you can give us a call on Monday and we can set up a, a free appointment for you to come in and we can go over that. Thank you. You have a good day. No problem. You too. All right, we're going to um, keep taking phone calls here, and we're getting down to the last, oh, 10, 15 minutes. So if you have been waiting and you're like, oh, I've got a question, and I just don't know, there are no silly or stupid questions, I'll be honest with you. Come on, we, we all have things that we do and don't know. If you don't ask the question, how's anyone going to know what the answer is? So 
Asking questions is the best way to do it. The phone number here in the studio is 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. That way we'll take your calls, hopefully at least lead you in the right direction. If I don't know the answer, well, you go what? We always know ways of getting those answers. If we have to go to attorneys or other individuals, we can do that as well. But at least we'll get you started in the right direction to make sure that the choices you make, because sometimes, I mean, I have many people that have come through and tried to make certain choices. And I'm like, why would you do that? And they're like, oh, I didn't, didn't think to ask that or didn't think to do that. Um, can we hit Tanya real? Whoops, we lost Tanya. All right. So, um, you know, we can uh, just making, making sure that you really understand, just like David, they called in, I'd much rather take an appointment and make sure that at least from the tax standpoint, these are the things you want, right? This is how you're going to do it. This is what you're going to do with it. Or it's going to be that you um, you make this choice because you Googled it and you're like, oh, I think I understand it. And then you find out that maybe something's a little different from what you really understood it to be. Um, and so that's really important to make sure that you understand how the taxes are going to work, at least from my my standpoint, and that you have those things ready. I mean, sometimes it's better to be able to do the, um, to, to, to let people inherit, for example, because of the inheritance tax right now, much better. All right, let's hit Kevin really quick and uh, maybe I can hit him before the break and then we can go to the next ones if that's possible. Hey, Kevin. Do I leave the radio off? Okay, late, yes, leave the radio off because otherwise you'll hear me echoing in your head and that's oh, more than one no, voice that you need to hear. So what do you have, Kevin? What's happening? Um, I've had a couple of Roth IRAs in the past and they were um, they were both through Edward Jones. And Kevin, you still there? Lavidius, I think I've lost uh I lost Kevin. Tanya? Tanya, you on the line? Yes, I am. Hey Tanya. Okay. Well, Kevin, if you can call back, Tanya, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I have a question for you about a personal loan to a family members. Okay. Uh, This loan occurred about four years ago and there's Uh really no indication it's ever going to be paid back. Um, Is there anything I can do from my point of view from a tax purposes? Can I write that off as a bad debt or something or, or is that even possible? It isn't is not possible under the current loads that uh, they they don't have casualty loss on our um, code any longer. So uh-huh. um, that was one of them. They kind of gotten rid of unless it's a federal disaster. Um, so this would not fit under that. So there's right. really oh. not a whole bunch that you you can do as far as taking that loss off since it wasn't tied directly to a business unless it was. Um, but if it's just a no. family loan, Hey, I gave a, I gave, you know, this money to go buy, then it's just a loss within the pocketbook, no tax advantage okay. or disadvantage. Sorry. All right. All right. Well, all right. Thank you. No, huh? no problem. Great question though. All right. Uh, Oh, Kevin's back. Let's see if I can get Kevin back on the line. Hey, Kev. Yeah. Okay. Got you back. Sorry about that. Somehow I lost you. So you were saying before we got cut off that you have purchased several Roth IRAs. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. And you know, 
when I, I got my statement at the end of the year, they were saying that, you know, I was getting 9%, 9.5%. But when I actually did the math, you know, all of that was eat up in fees and then buying and selling and moving this yeah. from this mutual fund to that mutual fund. And I really want to start saving up again, but I just really don't know a good, reputable company to go with. You know, and that's I'll a great question. Okay, let me get I'll that one really quick, because that's more of a, radio. I'm going to cut you off no, a little bit, Kev, because that's really more of a financial planner. And if you want to call my office on Monday, I can give you a couple different financial planners we work with. Uh, but okay. uh, that's one of those. And I know I, I was the same way for a long time. Back in the 80s, I put $500 a month into one, and then I lost it all. I mean, it all went upside down, have none of it. So um, we're going to uh, go ahead yeah, and... Uh, but I, was, I mean, it, it only took a little while for them to realize what they were doing, and yeah. I snatched it out instantly. And yeah. I just, I need to start putting something else aside, but I really don't know. I mean, I, I've heard good and bad about Swab and Edward Jones and, you know, some other ones, but I mean, I work very hard for my yeah, I understand. Um, but again, call my office on Monday. I'll be more than glad, Kevin, to share a couple different financial planners. I would suggest going with one of them that are fee-based, um, you know, just because they don't make money off trades and that does help us. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break. If Dan can hold through that break, that would be awesome. And then when we get back with the Dr. Friday show, we'll go right to Dan and then uh, we'll be at the end of the show. So we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. Alrighty, we are back here live in studio. This will be the last part of the show. We're going to go right to Dan because he's been cool enough to wait all the way through that break. Hey, Dan, what can I do for you? Hey, Freddie. Thanks for taking the call. Love the show. Got a quick question thanks. for you. Uh, in the process of inheriting a thrift savings plan, TSP, that is, uh -huh. according to the wiki, a federal equivalent of a 401k. I want right. to know if that is the case. It also says I need to take action by January 24th, which would be exactly four months to the day after my brother's passing. And it, do I need to put this into an exist, or can I put it into an existing 401k or SEP, or do I need to set up a separate one? It would have to be separate because it's an inherited. So it'd have to go into an inherited IRA. I mean, thrift savings from everything I've ever heard when I'm in the meetings with a lot of financial planners, they do very well in comparison to some of the 401ks. So it may be a determination. Can you leave it in the thrift savings even in have the same? I believe you still have the meet the same 10 year situation, but would it be better managed possibly than what you can get in a regular IRA? That would be a financial planner question. But yeah, um, probably because he has he passed away in 2023 it sounds like um yeah. and so he you know you uh, any rmds anything that would have been required would fall on him in 23 and then theoretically you'll be the next person in 24 that's probably why they have that i don't know about the four month thing but that may be a financial planner but i would say dan the biggest thing is first to find out uh, do you have to move it you know by so many months out of a thrift savings since you're not um, you know, the government employee. And then the second is, if so, you'd, I know you'd have to move it into an inherited IRA. That's a, that's a, a formal term, an inherited IRA, quote unquote? Correct. Yes. 
And so okay, when you talk great. to your financial or chase or whoever you want to move it to, I don't know, you know, there's all kinds of different, that's what you'll tell them because obviously it's going to meet the criteria of an inherited one versus your own IRA, which will go on for your entire life and only RMDs required. Right. But I'm under the age of 73, so I'm not required to take RMDs yet. Would I be required to do that with this under the 10 year yes. Uh, rule? Yes. You Well, you would have to start the RMDs, yes, after the date of death, and then you will have 10 years to take it out, but you are required to start RMDs the year after. The year after the so, date, the year after the year of death. So, yeah, so the year of death is 2023, I'm assuming. Uh, so yeah. 2024, you will have to take an RMD. Wow. Okay, good to know. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate you. All right. So if you've got questions or if you need help with doing taxes or you know what, maybe you're just tired of dealing with IRS issues or maybe you've you've kind of been dealing with them, but just enough to keep them out of your bank accounts, but you've been making payments and you're just not sure how much longer do you have to do this. And really the biggest thing I find when I'm dealing with most clients is it's always just trying to keep ahead in a sense. There's never a break. And, and one of the things that I think we work really hard with our clients is let's concentrate, for example, on 2024. Let's make 2024 the year that we don't owe any money to the IRS. Let's break that down so we can afford, figure out how we can get that to the best of our ability and then deal with the past. Because what happens is people just get on payment plan and there's continuously making payments but they're always adding to that payment plan because by making payments, they're not able to pay their current bills. So you really need to sit down with someone that that is an enrolled agent um, that deals with the IRS and you need to have a plan. You need to sit down and figure out not only, okay, you owe $40,000 to the IRS, but you're going to owe money because you're self-employed. Every year we owe money. Fact of life. You're going to owe money. So you're paying it monthly, quarterly, annually. You know, if you have a paycheck, can you double up on federal withholding so that what your self-employed job, you don't have to worry about paying the estimates, but there is going to be money due. We all have partners in our business and it's called the Internal Revenue Service. And in most of us, it's 25% partner. So you need to be figuring out on if every dollar you take out of that company, or, or I should clarify, every dollar of profits, because some people don't take it out of their companies, is Uncle Sam's. Now, sometimes we can accelerate depreciation. We can do certain things, do a, an adjustment to inventory if there's been a lot of uh, theft or giveaways, but those will be an effect that will reduce possibly the profit. Therefore, 25% of said profit will still be 25% of said profit. What you don't really want to do a lot of is put yourself in debt to get yourself a bunch of equipment so you don't owe Uncle Sam because sooner or later you got to pay the debt. So, you know, the, the game is, is to figure out how can I pay the least amount to Uncle Sam in that same scenario, though, I don't want to be taking on a bunch of car notes or, or different equipment notes just to try to have a bunch of equipment that I didn't accelerate depreciation on. So I don't owe taxes, but now I owe the note. So, you know, you can get yourself upside down in those kind of scenarios. And, and you really do, especially as small business owners, you really need to consider what is the best way for you to do what you want. But also remember, IRS is always going to be our partner in business. And the best way to think about that is 
25% of all profits need to go to a separate bank account because that's taxes that you're going to owe. If there's a way to save money, great. You'll have over oversaved money in the tax account. What you don't want to do is spend every single dollar and then come tax time, Uncle Sam's got his hand out and where's their 25% or whatever. You know, I mean, percentages are different, but the likeliness is you're always going to owe almost 15 because self-employment tax is 7.65% for the employer. We get credit back. It's still 15% tax, guys. So if you don't owe ordinary income tax, you're going to owe self-employment tax. So again, have a plan. Figure out how you're going to deal with the IRS because if your plan is just to keep filing and keep adding to the existing payment plan, Sooner or later, the payment plan is going to get too high. Gosh forbid you want to retire or you have, I mean, I have people that their social security is being hit because of that same reason, right? Because they continuously, so even though they don't even have to pay taxes right now, they're on theoretically a payment plan for the past. It's like a really bad credit card. So there are ways of getting some of those, a lifestyle and situations where you may not have to make those payments. Again, you need a plan. So if you need help with that, I'm Dr. Friday, enrolled agent, licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. So if you need help with representation or if you need help with just tax preparation, doing your taxes, getting a plan together, figuring out how that's going to work, I'm your girl. So all you have to do is you can call my office uh, at 615-367-0819. Again, 615 615- Three six seven zero eight one nine. You can also go to uh, drfriday.com and our calendar there, so you can set up an appointment for taxes. That's going to be coming up uh, in January. If you need an appointment prior to that, you need to just call the office again at the six one five three six seven zero eight one nine number, and then we'll be able to help you with whatever those, uh, you know, whatever situation, if it's a tax situation, at least we'll be able to help you with that. You can also email your situation to us at Friday at drfriday.com. That's Friday at drfriday.com. Again, if you have IRS issues or you're just looking for someone that can help you out with taxes, maybe you're looking to see, have you gotten the best tax? Uh, not so much prices guys, but you know, are you getting a good good tax person? Are they maximizing your taxes? Have they explained everything to you? If so, you've got a perfect person, stick with it. Maybe your person's retiring, so you need someone else to to step up. If you need help with any of that, again, you can call the office Monday morning, 615-367-0819, or you can just email friday at drfriday.com. That's friday, F-R-I-D-A-Y, um.com friday at drfriday.com sorry and uh and we'll be there to help you understand your taxes run through them make sure that you're getting the best that you can as far as a tax savings i truly hope you guys are enjoying this saturday um and i hope that you uh spend a little time doing the things you enjoy doing if you need me 615-367-0819 